0: Making money in lean times, that's the topic we're covering today as we head into what's going to be some financially choppy waters. Are you prepared? You will be if you listen to
1: this. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where real farmers share real insights and real results to help you improve your farming operation. This episode of Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Kloss, where machines aren't just made, they're made for more with a wide range of tractors, combines, foragers, and hay tools. Kloss is a family business just as driven, demanding, and dedicated as yours. Go to kloss.com and start cutting your curve with their cutting edge equipment. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason.
0: Hey there, welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. We're talking about making money in lean times. I've got Lee Lubers, Gregory South Dakota's own Lee Lubers on here, one of the original founders of Extreme Ag. And we're really talking about input cost strategies, reducing your input cost strategies. I threw this topic out to the extreme Ag guys, and Lee raised his hands, and he said, well, I want to do this because I've got a whole bunch of stuff to share on this topic. And one of the things he said before we hit the record button was the low-cost producer always wins. We worry about this always because we want to be prudent when we are farmers. We're going to have to concern ourselves more with it. Here we are recording this at the beginning of 2024. We're talking about commodity price uh, levels that are going to be closer to break even in many regards. We're talking about, uh, I just saw a business story in the media yesterday that said we're at about $15 billion of expected crop input costs uh, in North American agriculture. So expenses are up. Commodity prices are down. You got to get smart. Lee Lubers, you've got all kinds of stuff to share on this.
2: Yeah, I, I hopefully I can contribute to this topic. Uh, I guess the condensed version is, is it ain't our first rodeo. Uh, my brother and I were children of the 80s. Uh, we've seen high interest costs. We've seen low crop prices for extended periods. So uh, it's kind of how we started. So it's kind of ingrained into our mindset of how we run our farm.
0: You uh, you know, you and I are about the same age, and I grew up in the eighties. You get to where then the the younger crowd, the guys in their thirties, they've heard their uncles, aunts, moms, dads talk about the eighties, and we don't want to do that because then you know it's not this thing about, oh, I walked uphill both ways through blizzard and all that. It's not that. it's just that we're in a situation maybe where we haven't really been for a while. Things have been pretty darn good. Okay, 2014 till 2019 got a little softening, but it was not dire. And here we are now, we've got a little bit more of a challenge on our hands. So I guess my thought on this is uh, what what we've been through isn't necessarily, it's not like I'm going to be in the 80s by any means, but we are heading into a little bit of uh, of a challenging time, and one of the big things is reducing of the cost. So you've got more expensive crop inputs now. You're probably going to have to make some adjustments. Does that mean you don't still use them? You don't fertilize? What what's take me down? What, what your st- strategy is?
2: Uh, it's always about ROI, and yeah, it's not a repeat of the '80s that we feel. But uh, as as uh, input prices have gone up guess what? Now there's a real cost of money. Uh, it went from, uh, zero percent. Some suppliers were offering 2% at your bank. Now we have a real cost of money. So now it's kind of the double whammy. Uh, so, uh, back in, uh, about 2010, 2011, I attended TPAP, uh, the executive program for agricultural producers, uh, down in Texas and Austin. And, uh, Danny Kleinfelter uh, is the person who started the program, and I always wanted to attend while he was still an instructor. And I was lucky enough to do that. And at the same time, I got to know uh, uh, Dr. Cole, Dick Whitman, a lot of very talented people in the ag arena, in ag finance, and seeing business trends. So uh, it was a great program, really enjoyed it. And one of the things that Danny talked about is the 5% rule. And you go, well, what does that mean? What do I have to change by 5%? It's small incremental things. Uh, Like when the space shuttle takes off or a ship is going across the ocean, they don't go right turn glide. They make incremental small adjustments. That's how they stay on track. That's how they stay on course. And that's kind of how we view our farm. And he said 5%. He goes, have you guys thought about this? And it really gets you clicking, thinking about it and it makes a huge difference. Uh, Take your expenses and how can I reduce my expenses by 5%? How can I raise my yields 5% higher? How can I do that? How can I improve my production side? How can I improve my price by 5%? By doing small incremental things, you can swing your operation from uh, $100 loss to $100 profit. In a real yeah. Hurry. So I, I like this. First That's off,
0: right. it, isn't it kind of like, uh, you know, we're recording this in January, new year's resolutions or goals. And you know, exactly. it's, it's, it's the same thing. People go nuts. I got to lose a hundred pounds. Well, you know, why don't you start by just changing some of your habits? Why don't you start by not eating seconds and going for a walk after dinner, whatever that thing is. And it's a hell of a lot easier, but the problem is it's not as sexy. It's not as people don't get as excited because, you're just talking about oh, the 5% rule it makes sense but also it doesn't sound like a weight loss program it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like a bodybuilder program it just sounds like boring and that's the point you're going to make i think is staying above water when you're in choppy times is the goal and it doesn't need to be sexy it just needs to be
2: I know it doesn't exactly have that wow factor that some people would maybe hope to post online, but that's not the goal. The goal is to uh be financially profitable year in, year out. And let's uh,
0: let's, go, ahead, let's go yeah, let's go here, Lee, on the five percent. His first five percent is what can you cut back? <clears throat> Where can you cut 5%? So like when you look at 2024, where are you and your brother, Terry, going to cut back on 5% of your spend on inputs?
2: Uh, we look at our uh, complete soil tests and we look at our gains in organic matter and how uh, even not applying P&K, our numbers are coming up. It's becoming more available. Uh, we are shaving it in fertility. And by also by what we're doing in furrow, the things that we were doing prior to XA and the things we've learned from XA as a group that we've incorporated into our in-furrow program, we're able to sh- shave more than that off of our fertility because we've actually, we've been doing that. And it's proven itself so we can do that. And we're, we're going to get a little bit more aggressive in it. And uh, we feel yields will of not only stay even, but hopefully increase.
0: Yeah, so you think that you can probably, some low-hanging fruit for you, and I, I like that you referenced that Anybody can cut back on fertilizer, but you're in a better position to do a 5% deduct on fertility expense or even more just because of the practices that have brought up organic matter, which then has made your soils better and also your P and your K are there and you think you can use some other products to make them more available. Is that what I'm kind of hearing?
2: Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, things that we've been testing within the group and, and it can be other ways. It could be, uh, hold off on trading that tractor, uh, rebuild your plant or not trade, uh, sit down, make a list. I mean, it's that time of the year, uh, where everybody's doing it anyways. So uh, just take a different approach and just go 5%. How can I do this? How can I make these incremental changes? And you might be amazed by how long the list can be because there's multiple categories that you can look at.
0: Yeah. So you're not doing the whole 5% just on fertility. That's That's the easiest one for you. Is there another place on input cost strategy where you're able to pull back some and you don't think it'll cost you?
2: Uh, we're going to our retailers and, uh, we're leveraging, uh, the size of our operation and to get better deals is what we're doing. And, uh, we've seen some 15 and 20% savings, uh, in one, in one short conversation I had last week, uh, as soon as I threw out there that, Hey, I think you can do better. Uh, their tone of voice changed and all of a sudden the the deal got 10% better. Okay. Because they didn't want to lose it. And really, it wasn't a painful thing. It's ask an offer. That's really what negotiating is. So uh, I'd recommend another thing is get better at negotiating. Mm-hmm. Uh, when times get leaner, negotiate.
0: Yeah, so there's there's going to be, I think, some room for that. We know the input costs have gone up. Where do you you know, your, your retailers are going to say, well, we don't have any room on this. You know, we're just barely making anything in the middle. So uh, you told your, I guess give the advice that's maybe somebody that's not as large scale of acres. They might think that they don't have as much leverage, but you would say maybe you do.
2: I think every operation does because we all are very capitally intensive operations. Uh, nobody wants to lose a, a good customer, and, uh, now is a time, what, you know, when times were good, people weren't asking for anything. So now if you come back and ask for a little bit, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Right. I, uh, I, I, like this whole thing. 5% you said the 5% rules about taking 5% off of the spend. You said, can you get 5% more yield? Well, I don't know. That one seems a little harder. I can see negotiating. I can see going and, and cutting back on a few inputs, grabbing 5% more on a yield, seems a little bit uh, of a harder lift.
2: Well, we live in an area where Mother Nature is more than variable, but yet we still look at it that way. We'll look at our five-year prior average, and we've already punched in, okay, 5%. Uh, We know that's going to come down to Mother Nature cooperating, getting enough rainfall. But if we get normal rainfall, we feel there's things that we can do that are proven practices that we can incorporate and expand upon to get that 5%. It's going to be there.
0: Yeah. And so when you, when you think about that, uh, you know, whether being the way it is, it is, it, what about, I think you talk about getting 5% more. Um, we're not a grain marketing um, uh, platform uh, here at Extreme Ag, but we've talked about grain marketing we bring on people like Jared Creed and talks about the financial side of selling ahead and all that. Are you confident that, some of this input cost uh, increase can be absorbed just by being a little more crafty at how you go about selling?
2: Uh, absolutely. Uh, we don't believe in being a price taker. Uh, we leverage our storage. Uh, we like to be making the price. Uh, we we uh, leverage ourselves, our bushels. Uh, we look at the markets. Where's the best opportunity for us? It's not just okay we've always sold grain the uh third week of february because we got rent payments coming up we Mm -hmm. don't look at that we don't go into the implement dealer in the month of december because like we got to spend money to go save taxes it's like we're looking at this differently uh and uh yeah I, i i think having more of a risk management philosophy Right. ingrained marketing pays big dividends it's year in year out you know define your risk and then manage it you know if there's a price you go hey this looks good and the market has it there how can i how can i protect that if you don't know how to do that in a in a proper manner uh go seek out the jared creeds and other people like that in the world and uh, become a client and uh and start working it that way
0: um are there input? Are there inputs that you think you eliminate? I mean, we talk about this here at Extreme Ag that you know, fungicide was one of those things that was almost a luxury. And we talked about that when I first joined up. I think it was at Kevin Matthews, and he's like, you know, even in his part of the world, North Carolina, there's guys that when things are good, yeah, we can sprinkle some fungicide. Oh, wait a minute, things are tight. Let's pull back on the fungicide, which might seem It might seem like it's keeping you in business. Where, where would you say there's something you can go without, or is it more just stay with what you got? In other words, use the same stuff and try and get a little bit of a concession on the price. So would you make the, was there anything you'd go without?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that people go and upset their apple cart, you know, uh, not overreact to, to your belt tightening, Uh, embrace it and say, Hey, this is part of the change part of the cycle, and just try to do a better job. Uh, we work with fungicides extensively, and some of the newer uh, uh, multi-mode actions work great for us. So we look at the ones that we've tested and used more as a broader scale, and looking at the ROI. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, that's part of the benefit of our group is we're helping our members. We're doing the testing for them, so we're helping giving them a jump start to go. Hey. This one sure looks like it should work, so it's worth spending the money on. I mean, don't just go and just buy it because you think you need it or should throw it on every acre. Start looking more, you know, drilling down to it and go, hey, this is going to pay.
0: Yeah, by the way, I I like to plug for Extreme Ag. The point is... Is that if you're wondering about whether a product's going to work for you or not, dial into what we're doing here. The, our guys are showing you what how they use it, whether it worked, all that? So I, I like that. What about um, and this might be premature because we're talking about inputs, but really, it's about everything. The cost of money, you said, is an input. you know, my my farm credit statement came, and they tell me that if I used operating money, which fortunately I don't, and I don't need to because I don't really farm, but they said it'd be nine point six percent. Well, nine point six percent's a hell of a far cry from where we were just a year and a half, two years ago, Lee, when it was like under four. So, yeah, I mean, you gotta think about that. Is there a is there a savings that there at uh, Luber's Farms where you try to change your amount of used money, borrowed money?
2: Uh, spend wisely, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, that, that's just uh, a critical thing. That's why we strive to be a low cost producer every year that's always our goal.
0: I want to get into the low cost producer here in a minute before I do. Dear listeners, I want to remind you uh, about our friends from Nature's. Nature's, if you've not uh, ever looked into their products, they're they it's all about, you know, small dose fertility products that you can put at times of influence. Nature's is focused on providing sustainable farming solutions and helping maintain crop potential for today and your future generations. Nature's high quality liquid fertilizers powered by BioK can be targeted at specific periods of influence throughout the growing season via precision placement techniques as a means to mitigate your plant's stress, enhance crop yields, and boost your farm ROI. What do we talk about right now? We're talking about farm ROI, and we're also talking about keeping your head above water, making money in lean times. Um, low-cost producer always wins. You said it before, hit the record button. A lot of folks in ag say, well, I'm a low-cost producer. You know, I'm cheap. I, I, I really drive a good deal and all that from my perspective it doesn't just mean going and beating up people on prices i think there's more to it um take me down the road of low cost producer cuz i think you'd probably agree it's not just about going and hammering out uh, a cheaper price on an input there's more to it than that
2: yeah it's not about trying to beat up a retailer you work with or burning a bridge a long term relationship to save 20 bucks you know there there's value in those relationships that Really making decisions based on ROI. You know, do they pay?
0: Yeah. Well, when I look at the the the, the list of decisions, okay, we talked about inputs. You say it's not a good time to start uh, over tightening the belt. Let's go ahead and use the stuff. Let's try and get the best deal we can get. Um, I assume we're, you're going to say let's try and get the best terms we can get because eight, nine, ten percent money uh, interest rate is going to push you a lot. Are you doing a thing where you're trying to defer payment? You're trying to not, uh, you know, are you able to strike those deals?
2: Uh, We have our primary lender and we have a great relationship with them. And we have the understanding that understanding if we can find, we do not seek out secondary financing, but sometimes you can ask and they don't come knocking on your door, but it's part of their programs or part of their pool money. It's like, well, what can you do for this? Uh, if 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 we buy this product, what can you do? Uh, maybe there's a good rebate. Maybe they're gonna offer you two percent, three percent better than your bank, or even better than that. Yeah. Or maybe you can couple seed and chemical together, things that you're already using that are proven, and it's a it's a substantial savings. And we have the understanding at our lender if it's if it's good savings for us, they're fine with it. Because it's all about bringing our costs down, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah your, your your bank would probably want you to keep all your loans with them. But then if you say, well, listen, the seed company is doing a thing where, you know, they're offering me 20% deduct if I finance through them or something like that. So you do take those deals.
2: Uh, exactly. Uh, spend our pennies wisely. You said uh, an important
0: thing before we hit record about negative cash flow, and this is something that, uh, you know, probably some of the younger uh, producers, fortunately, haven't got a lot of experience. And then, to your credit, you've got some experience having years of negative cash flow. And you talked about trying um, to—it's—it's almost like uh, you're going to get injured, but try to get the the. The least amount of injury, I think, is kind of what we're talking about here. When you talked about preserving your working capital, and it's not the same from farm to farm.
2: Yeah, uh, we view uh, working capital as uh, the heartbeat of our operation. Uh, That's really what it's all about, is uh, conserving that number. Well, in good years, building that number. In tough years, conserving, protecting that a number uh to hold it the best you can uh our lender we have a little internal joke and we talk about it and and he says you know if things if it gets in a tough period he says you know when the music stops and the lights come on i want you guys to be the last one with a chair and that's our philosophy uh we want to have that chair and uh there are times when things can be you know black swan events can happen. As we all know, there's a lot more black swans I swear happen than they used to 10 years ago. When those events happen, it can totally throw your plans off kilter. And when they do, uh, essentially you can be put in the position for a period. You want to lose less money than your neighbor. And I don't mean it in a harsh, uh, cynical way. It's a simple truth. If he's going to lose, lose a hundred dollars an acre, you want to lose 25, you want to do good risk management and mind your P's and Q's, minimize your losses so that way you do not erode your working capital nearly as fast of a rate and you bounce back faster. You can hold in longer for a longer period of time. If you don't have the working capital, you can't hold in there.
0: Yeah, and and, and when you... Uh... You talk about holding in there. Then the next thing is, and this isn't the complete gist of this. After, if we if we're setting up for twenty twenty four to be challenging, and then maybe twenty five is challenging, then there's the question of if you've stayed in there, don't you get opportunities? I mean, it's not just about survival. Then it comes the deal. Well, if you're if your position is okay, you've you've done the five percent, you've made integ- you know incremental changes, you've maintained your role as low cost producer. After a year or two of this, isn't there then the reward? The reward is, you know, a a chunk of rented ground comes up because the other guy, unfortunately, burned through his working capital and is not uh, expanding. Isn't that where where this goes?
2: Uh, Exactly. We've seen uh, land opportunities, equipment opportunities. uh, After the stock market bloodbath of 2008, Uh, In 2009, we were a cash buyer for uh, a lot of our semis. Uh, I mean, uh, we're opportunity buyers. That's the way we view it. Uh, We want to keep our powder dry, as they say, and wait for those opportunities, and they do arise. And uh, also, that's if you weather the tougher times better, Mm -hmm. the opportunities are greater on the other side. We've seen this happen in the cycle before.
0: Yeah. If you weather the tougher times better, the opportunities become better. Isn't that what you just said? Exactly. So making money really in lean important. times, there are there are you're the person that was cynical that tuned into this. You just admitted there's going to be a time when you don't make money. There's going to be a time when you absolutely and the thing is, you're just saying I bled, but I bled less than average, and that means I'm going to probably still be around to fight another day.
2: Yeah, if you look in the last decade, essentially there's been $3 corn, uh, 10-cent milk, and 20-cent hogs. Guess what? Uh, I know people that raise all those things uh, that have come through those storms and have done phenomenal on the other side of them. But they've, they've been tough periods.
0: One thing that you didn't mention was... You know, it's going and striking the best deal you can, telling the retailers that you know what, uh, you know that these inputs are squeezing me. You know what commodity prices are. You didn't talk about land. Um, as a land owner myself, I've, I've, I don't think it's going to happen in 24, but there's going to be this thing of hey, uh, these cash rents seem a little elevated, but they're not coming down. So that's the one thing that you can't probably shave. You, you're probably going to get your five percent uh, reduction on the on the cash rents, are you?
2: You know, I've heard heard some talk about that, but I have not actually witnessed it. Not yet. Not yet.
0: Yeah. What's your prediction? A year from now?
2: I think the belt's going to have to keep tightening for a while to see that. Yeah. I really do.
0: Yeah. One uh, other things, making money in lean times. Give me any other tips, any other tricks, any other advice from your 56-year advantage. It's 56 now, isn't it? It will be in about three weeks. <laughs> All right. So give me, give me your uh, what else did we what else did we miss on that? The the person that says, hey man, I'm listening. I I, I want to make money in lean times. It's getting a little challenging out here.
2: There's always opportunity. Uh, just sometimes you've got to look a lot harder for it. Uh, there's opportunities for 2024. Uh, are we optimistic for 2024? Absolutely. It's gonna be a good year. Uh, We can't walk in and and admit self-defeat. We're just getting started. But we're cautiously optimistic. But also, uh, not only was the TPAP uh, program a really positive influence on me, uh, years ago, about 25 years ago, one of the, the first individual I really worked with on risk management for grain marketing, and he always had the one piece of advice. He said, Lee, and this applies to everything that we do. He said, define your risk and then manage it. And that's what we're doing for 2024 because we did that in every year prior. So that's why we are optimistic for 2024 because we are working at defining our risk and managing it. That way, we handle it better, and that way, we can seize the opportunities.
0: Yeah. So, w- obviously, the first one's people are gonna say weather risk. You even you you fight that more in Gregory, South Dakota than many people because you've got some pretty vast uh, extremes and volatility. You manage that with crop insurance, I assume.
2: Yes. Uh, crop insurance is a tool, but uh, really, our long till, no till program, yep. that program that we've been working with for the bulk of our careers. Is paying big dividends in the tougher years. Long-term uh, no-till, long-term term no-till because up everything, everything is coming up. Yeah.
0: So yeah, yes. Yeah, the other one you talk about long-term no-till. You did that. You told me way back when uh, we recorded about that. It was a management decision because it was hard for you to keep employees. You wanted to expand, and you didn't. You couldn't have people out just running tractors. There's also that's a great opportunity for someone to to make money in lean times. If you cut back on tillage, you've got the Expense of the equipment, you've got the fuel and you've got the manpower. Is is it time for some of these operators to consider changing some of their practices when things are leaner?
2: Uh, it's definitely time to be testing new thoughts and philosophies. I've talked to people uh north and east of here, two, three states away, where they were told, no-till can't work. They're making it work. Uh, if there, there's if there's a will, there's a way. Mm-hmm. Uh I guess we always have to be looking as like, how can we do our jobs more efficiently? Mm -hmm. Because the cost of equipment is not going to go down 30 Uh, Mm percent, you know, new or used. It's not going to happen. Labor is not going to get easier to find. Uh, Whenever crop prices drop. As we all know, inputs have a very long tail. They drop at a lot slower pace, as we're experiencing now, hence tightening our belts. So there's all these things that we have to be looking. It's like, how can we do what we do better? I like it. All right. Is that our last, is that our
0: last thing uh, to make money in lean times? No more thoughts of wisdom up there in Lee Luber's bald head?
2: how I lost my hair, man.
0: no i i I think that's what's interesting is we're not even being dour we're not being doom and gloom it's just the reality of what these numbers look like and so uh the the thing is you said define your risk and management well the weather you manage that the the cost of money you've talked about that you're looking for better deals on the money from and, and also you're you're talking about better deals on the product so you've pretty much is there any risk you haven't quite figured out how to manage yet
2: uh, if we could make it rain or, you know, shut it off at certain times, yeah, that'd be great. But guess what? We have to work with mother nature. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, the th- the things that, that we can manage to risk on, we focus on those that we can't, those that are just the things in life. Yep. I don't lose any sleep over. I sleep yeah. is fine.
0: I like it. His name's Lee Luber. He's talking about making money in lean times. It looks like we're going to have some uh, some choppier waters. It doesn't mean that uh, you're going to lose the farm, it just means you got to tighten your, your management. Okay. Uh, up a little bit. Uh, we heard about 5% rule. We t- heard about uh, the rules for the lessons from TPAP. We heard about incremental changes. We heard about uh, maintaining yourself as a low-cost producer. And we talked about managing negative cash flow. Uh, you're going to bleed a little bit. You want to bleed less than, than than everybody else because then you stay around to fight for another day. His name's Lee Lubbers. If you want more great stuff, go and check out ExtremeAg.farm. That's probably where you found this. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter. We're going to have uh, uh, more great stuff coming for you. I've done hundreds of videos just like this with these guys cutting the curve and these guys have shot videos out in their fields. It's all there. If you want to take your learning to the next level, become an Extreme Ag member. It's only $750 a year. You get a question and answer platform to answer and go deeper on topics with guys like Lee. You also get exclusive offers. Like for instance, you might be able to go to Commodity Classic for free. And then the other part of it is you get access to the data and the information that these guys uh, share from their trials and their field days and their labs that they do on farm. Until next time, thanks for being here. I'm Damian Mason. This is Extreme Ag Cutting the Curve.
1: That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve. Make sure to check out extremeag.farm for more great content to help you squeeze more profit out of your farming operation. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Kloss, where machines aren't just made, they're made for more. Visit Claas.com and start cutting your curve with cutting-edge equipment.